It is Friday, June 5th, and going to be a different episode of Two White Lights. Um, and I'm going to have to give you guys a backstory before we get into this. I have with me Marcellus Williams, and last week, around Friday, I dropped that there was going to be an interview between uh, me and Marcellus dropping Monday. And since that Friday, there has been a lot of racial tensions in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd. And I thought it would be extremely irresponsible of me to give the Two White Lights listeners a show just about powerlifting when I know Marcellus Williams has a lot to say about this. Extremely intelligent individual. I love talking to him because of how articulate and how he develops an argument. Um, one of the premier coaches in the USAPL, one of the premier figures in fitness right now, but I just couldn't have a show out there without me and him having a discourse about this. And I posted this last week where, as a person who has never felt oppression, such as myself, grew up in a white, middle-class family my entire life, at times like this, I need to listen to other people and their opinions. And really, you could argue that this show is mo mostly for me and not 100% about the listeners. But I think discourse is going to be really important, and I really want to take this opportunity to listen to someone. So, Marcellus, thank you for being on Two White Lights again. Yeah, no, happy to be here, man. Um, with everything going on, I was actually like, you know, uh, really happy that you reached out to you know, want to have this discussion. You, uh, you already know, as we were talking about earlier, I've been very uh, vocal about this. I feel like maybe in a different type of way than how some other people have been vocal about it. But um, I'm looking forward to the discussion. Uh, hopefully those who are listening can take something from what we discussed and, and, you know, just get back to the whole, you know, being united with what's going on right now. Because I feel like I feel like that's the only thing that's been unfortunate. While I will never take away from a lot of the unity that I've been seeing the past week. Um, it's also been unfortunate to see a lot of the the ignorance and divisiveness and almost like, you know, in certain pockets, like more hate being created when this is something that I would hope would bring all of us together. So I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you do have a great message to be shared. And um, this is something I've been very vocal about as well. But I think the last thing people want to listen to is a white dude talking about racial relations solo. <laughs> And getting no other discourse from other people. Um, it happens, and I do. I definitely don't want to be that person. So I'm going to just start off the interview with a, you know, apologies for the loaded question. But what was your initial reaction to one the murder of George Floyd, and then the subsequent protests that took place? Right. So fun story. Um, three. You no, know, on this point, going on four weeks ago. <laughs> When, when all the, uh, about four weeks ago, I was in a group chat and we were discussing how like, you know, a lot of the stuff, a lot of talk about like, you know, COVID and stuff was kind of dying down and how like, you know, more than more and more of the data is coming out showing that, oh, maybe the approach that we took collectively as a nation was kind of extreme, stuff like that. And, you know, somebody in the group chat brought up, hey, do you think that they're going to actually like own it? Own like, hey, we kind of messed up on this. And I said, and I was half joking, half serious. I was like, nah, they're probably going to either distract us with something involving a school shooting or something race related. And seeing as, you know, most schools are shut down right now, it's probably going to be something race related. Um, so when I first heard about like, Oh, Hey, yeah, you, know, you hear about George Floyd. I'm like, Oh, who is that? It's like, uh, 
black man who was, who was killed by a police officer. The video's pretty bad. My first thought was like, wow, <laughs> like, like I called it, but like, wow. And, and what's kind of sad about it is, um, is that I wasn't surprised. Um, both, both from the sense of like, you know, police brutality does happen, mm-hmm. right? It happens, you know, in the black community, it happens period also happens, you know, white and stuff, et cetera. But like, there was no surprise there. And then to the fact that it was being covered so heavily, like I wasn't surprised. What did surprise me was when I watched the video. Um, and I watched it a few times just because like, you know, and, and, you know, for those of you who listen, who have seen the video, you guys can probably understand where I'm coming from when I'm saying I was very shocked just because this time around, it wasn't, it wasn't this thing. It wasn't this thing where someone was resisting and then got shot or it wasn't this thing where you could make the argument that, um, Oh, well, the officer had to do this or that, or, well, if he hadn't done this, y'all would have done this. Like it's, it's, it's four officers, right. Including Derek with Chauvin, whatever his last name is on, on top of George Floyd. And the fact that like, you know, they, they know that they're being recorded. Right. Uh-huh. And, and they see that they're being recorded and to just, to be on for like, what was it, like eight, 10 minutes and, and, and to know you're being recorded and to know what the current climate is, Tensions are high, and what just happened with the Mod Aubrey, and to just stay on him despite people being like, "Hey, y'all need to get off of him," and even one officer believing like, "Hey, should we turn him over?" Like, nah. To to do that for eight ten minutes, first of all, it just blew my mind that whether you're racist and competent, whatever your issue is, mm-hmm. due to your own self preservation, you didn't think, "Yo, this is a bad look. I probably should get off this dude." That's what blew my mind, mm-hmm. and. And, and, and it was very, very hard to watch, but at the same time, as it, and I don't, there is no tactful way to put this. I was almost happy. I hated that it happened, but because it did, I was almost happy that it happened in such a blatant way because it's like, no one can argue about this. Mm-hmm. There should be no division. There should be no debates. There should be no, oh, well, he should have been doing this or all the conversation. Like, this was just blatant murder. Like, that's it. So when it first came out, as disgusting as it was, as, as heartbreaking as it is, I thought from what I could see, both like on the comments of the particular video that I saw and then from everyone who I've talked to, everyone that I saw that regardless of race, political background, all of that, everyone seemed united that, yo, these four specific officers are garbage and need to be punished to the full extent of the law. Mm -hmm. And that made me very, very happy to see. Um, Not just as a black man, but as an American, it made me happy to see that, okay. Because I'll be honest, in certain past incidences, I can see why there's been some debate with certain cases. I can. Um, An example I can use is like, you know, with the Zimmerman case and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, where was the justice? And I always tell people, hey, it sucks, but based upon like, what actually happened when the evidence came out and what they charged him with, in my opinion, what happened is they overcharged him and they couldn't get him with that. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can say there wasn't justice, but no, based upon what they charged him with, there was, but in this case, I'm like, this is so blatant. This is so obvious. So it was cool to see everyone collectively united against a clear blatant injustice. Mm-hmm. Like we can say all day that, Hey, we don't know if he was racist we don't, because there's people saying, like, oh, he was obviously racist. There's people being like, oh, maybe he was incompetent. There's people being like, oh, he was probably paid to do this to distract from COVID. I don't care what the reasoning was. 
it was obvious. And mm-hmm. seeing everyone united on that front to me was awesome. And I was like, we're going to see justice. Like everyone's like the investigation was ongoing. Um, you know, even the president of the United States, love him, hate him. I don't care. Point is, even he talking about like, hey, we're going to speed up this investigation. So I was like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. We, are, we are seeing what usually the reason we you see people protesting is because that stuff isn't happening. You're not seeing them looking into it. You're not seeing these cops get fired immediately. And all that was happening. So I thought that was amazing. Um, and then the protests happened, which I'm all for. Like, I, I'm a big, I will, I don't know anyone who, I, how do I put this? If you don't believe in people's right to protest, then you can't talk to me about being American or patriarch, any of that nonsense. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't care if they're doing it in a way that you don't necessarily agree with. You have to support someone's right to protest, right? And of course, I expected it to happen. Why, why wouldn't I expect it to happen, right? Um, and to me, when I was seeing videos of the protests, seeing just the, the, the diversity of people in the protests, once again, a beautiful thing. I'm seeing blacks, whites, Latinos, Asians, um, people from different political backgrounds, just all being like, yo, justice for George Floyd. This was wrong, right? And, and, and I thought that was amazing. Um, now, I can be the first to openly admit I don't always think protests necessarily give us the effect we want. And I can be the first to admit that I don't think protests sometimes always work. I'm mm-hmm. a big believer that sometimes when you want to see a result, you have to sometimes hit people in their pockets or take some type of direct action. Right. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I, I, I believe that protests, you know, especially in the past, were very helpful for bringing awareness so people can know what's going on. I feel like because we have social media now, the effectiveness of a single protest of itself may not be what it once was. Because now you can spread so much awareness with social media, like what happened with um, Ahmaud Arbery. Like, I feel like them pushing for that arrest stuff like that happened because, you know, that video got leaked and everyone was sharing it, right? It was everywhere. There wasn't really so much, like, protesting or anything like that going on, but the awareness on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Um, then the protest, you know, that specific protest, you know, eventually shifted into rioting. And then we saw protesting happening across the entire nation. And if, I, if I'm correct, I believe there's a protest in all, in every state, actually. Yeah. Um, which... In terms of that, I thought was amazing. Now, that was something that was different. Like, every state, every state, like, protesting, that was, was once again, to me, that was beautiful. That's that's unity, you know what I mean? And to me, that was that was really, really, that was a good thing. That was awesome. Like, because it lets you know that it's not just people who are aware. It's people who are aware enough to gather and talk about it and take action, have discussion. And to me, that was awesome. And it's what I was expecting. What I honestly was not expecting um, was um, was a lot of the rioting and stuff like that. The, the, the rioting, um, the looting. Um, and even though I understand it, I completely understand why it happens. Because that's why I try to tell people. It's not just about George Floyd. Um, a lot of this is a buildup. Things that have happened before. And you know, even recent things with the Mont Aubrey, stuff like that, right? But I guess for me, though, is one of these things where when I first looked at it, even though I understood it, it, it did sad. It made me sad because I was like, this is one of the few times where it seems like as far as the process, the investigative process is going the way we want. You see people united. You see people gathering together. And I knew the rioting was going to cause division mm-hmm. because that's the thing. If you talk to most people, man, I'm sure you've experienced too about, hey, you see the video with George Floyd, what do you think about that? I, for me, 100% across the board have been like, that was disgusting, that was wrong. 
I've not had a single debate with anyone about that. Um, granted, I don't have any uh, racist friends or extreme KKK alt-right friends, right? So maybe there's people like that who are like, eh, well, I don't know. But everyone I've talked to regards to political affiliation, race like that was wrong. Where you see a lot of the divisiveness has come more so with the rioting, mm-hmm. uh, the looting and everything like that. And I guess for me, the reason it saddened me initially, despite understanding it, was because, and I'll put it this way, when it happened in, in Minnesota directly, that didn't shake me so much. That didn't so much surprise me. Mm-hmm. I started seeing it happening across the nation, including places like, I live in Texas, right? Like like in Houston and Dallas. And these are areas that actually have very good citizen police relations. That made me sad because mm-hmm. I'm looking at it from the standpoint of, okay, how does this help us right now? How does this speed up the investigation? How does this cause more people to listen and want to have a dialogue? And that's what was unfortunate about it for me. Because even though I can understand the why behind it, I'm a big believer in explanation is not justification. And I'm a big believer in two wrongs don't make a right. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what was what was sad about it for me. As well as, of course, you know, we're in social, we're in the social media world, we're in the powerful world. There's a lot of interesting characters. So, of course, you're going to have these people that go to another extreme like, hey, screw all white people, screw all cops, kill all cops, defund the cops, things that I personally don't agree with. I don't think any rational person would agree with. Mm -hmm. And to me, what's unfortunate about it is I feel like a lot of that, it distracts from what really we should all be focused on, which was an innocent man. You're like, and that's why I tell people, you know, you hear a lot of people be like, you know, I'll never be able to understand or relate to you fully because you're, because you're, you know, I'm not black or whatever. We kind of get into that later. But I think, I think all of us can understand this concept. An innocent man, regardless of his race, was killed by four officers who have sworn to protect and serve. I think we can all understand that, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, I feel like that is what the unifying factor should be. That's what the focus should be, that, yo, this is an issue of police brutality. This is disgusting. This is wrong. We need to stand against this. And unfortunately, a lot of that gets caught up, gets distracted away from with you know the riots or the extremists and stuff like that and i tell people all the time that those that's a minority in terms of like the crazy extreme people you hear on social media but they often bark the loudest and they do that for a reason and i tell people while yes you can acknowledge it and acknowledge it's ignorant don't get so caught up in that to where you miss out on a lot of the good that's happening right mm-hmm. so for how i felt about it it was very much it was a big mix because it's this thing where when you see the unity, you see the peaceful protests, you see the awareness of social media, you see people talking, discussing, trying to understand what's going on. Um, that's beautiful. But a lot of the other stuff, the negativity, the hate, the guilting people, the telling someone, the, you know, the, you know, on one end, again, I've seen it. On one, you have people telling people, hey, you need to uh, you need to stand up. You need to do more. Right. And then when a person tries to do more, they get criticized mm-hmm. for how they did it. When yeah. it's like, well if you just said that they don't understand and they're trying to understand more, you can't expect all of everything they do to necessarily be perfect. Right. Be happy that they're trying. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately I saw a lot of that and, and not just from black towards whites, but just period. I've seen, you know, uh, you know, maybe more liberal white people bashing other white people. Uh, I've seen black people doing it. It's like, and, and that's what it comes down to that, you know, you've got cr- craziness in every type of group, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I felt about it in terms of, when the protesting, the rioting was going on. And that's a common question I kept getting from people was, 
how do I feel about the rioting? Like, how do I feel about the looting stuff like that? And, and, and I addressed on my story before where I'm like, listen, if you've expressed all this concern about the rioting and the looting stuff like that, but you don't even know why it's going on, like you haven't looked into or talked about George Floyd at all. Mm-hmm. I personally have an issue with that. Yeah. And the reason being is it's not in the sense of, hey, because of what happened to George Floyd, the rioting and the looting is justified. In fact, for me, it's the opposite. It's the fact that the, the rioting, the looting, and, and more importantly, the innocent lives being lost. Like, innocent people were killed during these riots, both, you know, officers who were just doing their jobs, uh, citizens, um, retired officers, and, and, and that includes um, Black people, Black mm-hmm. retired officers, Black citizens. Not that that should matter. Any innocent life loss should bother us, but unfortunately, I can honestly say, I can say this straight up, um, in the black community, oftentimes, sometimes we don't necessarily care if the song doesn't look like us. Mm-hmm. That's 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 the reality. Um, and I don't agree with that at all. But my thing is, because it's so horrible and awful, you should care about what led up to it. Mm-hmm. So if you want to talk about the rise and the looting and, and the innocent lives lost from there, but you don't want to talk about George Floyd, you don't want to talk about police brutality, you can't do that because it's all connected. And if you're going to talk about a problem, you got to approach it from all ends. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I was trying to get across to people, the importance of civil discord, the importance of you can talk about a problem, you can address an issue without feeling the need to attack people who don't understand as much as you, or maybe have a different view than you, or, um, you know, you don't have to do and demonize an entire group of people for what a handful do. Right. Um, so yeah, that's, I don't know if that kind of answers your question, but it's, it, it's a lot, you know, yeah. it, there was, there's a lot that I was feeling with it, but I think more than anything else, man, during all that, my, my hope was I really, really need all four of these officers to be arrested. Yeah. Because it's like, regardless of what I think or feel about it, regardless of what side, like if that doesn't happen, then all of this that's going on is for nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And once again, not 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 to justify any of it, because I don't like like I, I will say right here, right now, that peaceful protesting, I support fully the the rioting and the taking minutes of life like that. I'm not with that. Um, I'm not someone who believes that violence is never the answer. I think that's idiotic. I think anyone who looks at history will will agree that oftentimes violence is and has been the answer. Um, but I do believe knowing when to take certain actions and who to focus those actions against is important. And I think the almost indiscriminate nature of a lot of the rioting is what, you know, causes the harm, stuff like that. But it's like, if these four officers don't get arrested, then all that is for nothing. Mm-hmm. And if they do get arrested, it doesn't take away from the pain and suffering of like, you know, George Floyd's family. It doesn't take away the pain and suffering of the black community. And it doesn't take away from the pain and suffering of those who, who maybe just got to open their business back up and now their business has been destroyed or had to come home to their home burning down with their children inside of it or had to find out that someone they loved was killed in the riots. It doesn't take, a, it doesn't fix that, but at least some good comes from all of it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So for me, that was the biggest thing. Like these four officers need to be arrested and we need to use this opportunity, use everything that's going on to for real, for real, have people talk, dialogue and be better. Cause I'm tired of the cycle of this happens we get outraged about it for a while, 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 as long as the media tells us to be outraged about it, we're, mm-hmm. we're outraged, right? Then as soon as it's over, they go on to something else, everyone goes on about their day and doesn't care anymore. Mm-hmm. That's not consistent, and that doesn't fix anything, and that's why the cycle keeps going. It's like, let's let's stop only being mad about it for a little bit when it's in our face, and let's figure out, okay, why does this keep happening, and what can we do 
all of us as a society, as Americans, what can we do to stop repeating the same process over and over? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. That, that, ex- that explains it very well. And, you know, it, it, very interesting how you mentioned uh, COVID-19 at the initial part of it, because yeah. yeah, it was dying down, but it still exists where it's almost a perfect storm for there to be so much awareness because of this, because Absolutely. I don't know, the, the unemployment's at like what, 20% now, a lot of people are unemployed. We don't have our distractions anymore. Um, exactly. You can't watch sports. You know, sports are being played. Our hobbies are greatly altered. Uh, if you like going to the gym, if you like golfing, if you like going to a part, if you just like going to bars, you can't do any of that. So all you do is focus on the news, possibly be on your smartphones all day, and yeah. that's about it. And because of that, I think more and more people are fully aware of this. And it's it's interesting. It's that's might have been one of the positives of this is because you have so much people now fully involving themselves in this protest and this injustice that's taking place. And, and also with one of your last points there where people just end up forgetting about things Yes, where it's, it's crazy because what racists love to do is forget history. They, they love doing that more than anything. Um, and it's very, it's, it's either me realizing this or racists have like short-term memory loss where they can't even remember history that happened like three or four years ago because there was actually progress with those Ferguson, with the, with the aftermath of Ferguson, where people are asking serious questions like, hmm, maybe things should change about how police officers are, how, how they receive their justice. Maybe yeah. it should be in a different manner of, you know, the lawyers who are used to that police department trying yeah. those officers. Like, that's, there's a blatant bias there. And yeah. there was good discussions going on. And I was in college during that time, and it was actual real good discussions. Luckily, I was taking um, History of African Americans at Benedictine University, where we got to have those conversations for, like, two or three weeks. And then uh, people forgot about it. Nothing happened. Yeah. yeah. And then they also, and then like a few or maybe a year or two later, an NFL player decides to take a kneel in light of all this to bring more awareness towards police brutality targeting the African-American community. And that peaceful protest wasn't cool, according to many white Americans and many racist Americans who, by the way, I've, I've realized that uh, racists don't really like being called racist a lot. They hate, they hate being called that. That's like the worst label you could tell a racist is that they're being racist. But at that time, people still had outrage towards it. It was peaceful, right? He tried to bring Absolutely. awareness, right? But Absolutely. his jersey was burned. Nike was boycotted. You could boycott Nike for a lot of reasons. This is not the reason to boycott Nike. But all that stuff was in the light of that. And then, like, oh, you think 2015? Or 2016 was the start of this? No, 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 no. There is a long, long history that you guys are neglecting. Yeah. Uh, Will Smith said, you know, racism didn't go away. It's just being filmed now. Do you think in the 1980s, 1990s, if people had smartphones, they would probably capture a lot of police brutality on that? I know they did in the 60s and 70s because media was really at those protests. And 
that was one of the real effective things to get those protests into mainstream America was those fo- that footage. And yeah. I, I'd and, argue they would have caught more. <laughs> yeah, would have seen more more of it back then. Yeah, yeah, and that, but that's that's the problem I have because I'm only speaking. I can only speak on behalf of the people I associate with, and that's right. obviously going to be more of the white community. Um, of course, my friend group is quite diverse, but mm-hmm. my family, my background is still white, and when I see opposition to the protest, which that's what happens. People start protesting the protest. Yeah. Start bringing more coverage to the protest as opposed to the real issue at hand. And it causes a deflection and a distraction, which is not good because we lose sight of what it's, what's happening. But if they have a problem with it, they never realize the history that go along with it, where it has been a, 450 year fight between African Americans and the United States of America. It has been. It's they were bought in this country as slaves. They had to get their freedom just basically existing. And then since then it's been a constant battle of getting full citizenship and being treated as Americans. So it's and they don't want to and they always neglect that history. Uh they'll bring up the civil rights movement because it because it supports their notion of how things can get done with a peaceful protest, which is fine, but then they also neglect that there was people on the other side of it who disagreed with peaceful protest. And they actually had sure. logical arguments against that, too. So, sure. sure. I mean, it's, it's the whole classic Martin Luther King versus Malcolm X, right? Oh, and, that's, and, and, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm a, I'm a, a, I'm a student of history. I'm a history teacher. Mm-hmm. When I see someone, quote, Martin Luther King on your, you know, they went on Google image search, found a nice looking quote of Martin Luther King, went on Pinterest, found a quote of Martin Luther King, and no one has even bought up Malcolm X during a time like this, where his arguments and his philosophies make a lot of sense right now. Yeah. Where, stand up for yourself. Yeah. I think every American could agree that they would like people to stand up for themselves. That's why the Second Amendment exists, right? Absolutely. Stand up for yourself. Defend yourself. Absolutely. And and I think, and that's what I try to tell people. You can use anyone from history to support your narrative. You can use, um, and it can be for good or bad, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think there is a time, like, for example, I can use Martin Luther King to try to defend the narrative that, like, oh, you should always be peaceful. But I think that's flawed because, once again, human history shows us there is a time to take action. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, on the positive end, I can use the standpoint of Martin Luther King being like, hey, he wanted equality between, yeah. like, you know, everybody like he was Martin Luther King wouldn't turn down like white allies right um I can use Malcolm X from the positive standpoint of hey you should be able to defend yourself you can't just keep let yourself get in kick but on the on the flip side I could also point out that for a long time Malcolm X didn't believe in letting you know having white allies and stuff like that but if you notice towards and and, and I will say a lot of extremists like to like they like to point that out right like be like like no, this isn't for white people. They can't stand with us. They can't sit with us. Like what Malcolm X says. And I always say, well, pay attention. Towards the end, before he died, he very much shifted that view. Yeah. And that's, like, to your point, it's like, if people, I try to do this all the time. If you if you don't like protests, right, or if you're tired of seeing protests, find out why people are protesting. Because mm-hmm. if you can figure that out, look at history, and kind of, like, try to work towards solutions, people won't have as, re- as much of a reason to protest, right? Yeah. Now, in terms of, in terms of like, you know, the riot, and that's the thing. 
we have to do better at making distinction between protesting and rioting, right? But let's be honest, man. People will riot over anything. People ride over football games. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, and, and I made the joke that got me in trouble a little bit where the Vancouver, I mean, white people riot over hockey games in Canada. That happened. Yeah. They looted stores. They set fires because the Vancouver Canucks suck at hockey. That's yeah. what the protest was about. I'm not being mean. I am not yeah. saying anything false. They rioted because the Boston Bruins kicked their ass in a child's game. It is played. Yeah. It was made for children. Sports are made yeah. for children. And that's why they rioted. Yeah. And I got in trouble yeah. for that because people are like, why are you bringing this up? I'm like, why the fuck wouldn't I bring it up? Yeah. People it's, riot. It's <laughs> It's, it's relevant. It's important for people to be consistent. Like I tell people this, you are allowed to um, be against racism, be against police brutality, can condemn the officers who are against George Floyd. Right. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you're also allowed to be against um, to be against uh, looting, stealing, hurting innocent people. Once again, I don't know any decent human being who is OK with any of that. But you that it's it's not enough to just be like, I'm not OK with these things not okay with any of these things you need to look at why they're happening and what can we do to stop this from happening mm-hmm. and i don't mean like i don't I, i'm 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 a realistic person i don't believe it's gonna be some perfect utopia where there will never be a riot again or where a cop will never make a mistake again not at all but if there are things that can be done on our end as individuals and then through the system to where it does not happen as frequently then it, it is our duty to try and, and figure out what that is. Mm-hmm. And, and like I said, I'm not about going to to extremes and stuff like that. Like, like okay, we can talk about slavery, right? The blacks did not. We did not free ourselves. You know what I mean? Like, like it, it took it took yeah. individuals back then who were also white who weren't for slavery to work together to the point where there was a whole civil war over it, right? So that's why I tell people you you can't ignore race and the issues and problems that come with it both individually and systematically but at the same time yeah don't go to the extreme of generalizing all white people don't go to the extreme of generalizing all costs because it's like we we need every it's and that's why i took at the end of the day man look as as cliche as it is it really is about your character your value your ideals that's why you and i can sit here and have this discussion and talk about this despite having maybe very different backgrounds or maybe maybe our backgrounds have more in common than we realize because you know even though I'm, I'm black and you're not, that doesn't mean there's more to us than just that. So yeah. we can have more commonalities even outside of that. But it comes down to values, characters, and ideals because at the end of the day, if you believe in, hey, I'm going to stand up for what's right, and I'm going to stand against what's wrong, then whether you feel like you can totally relate to the person going through the wrong or not won't be, to- won't be a relevant excuse for you to not stand up for them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's important. I feel like the rhetoric behind that is important too. Um, and that's why I'm even I'm very careful even when I tell people like like when people say like oh I can never understand um, what you're going through blah 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 I tell people to be careful with that which which isn't a popular opinion the reason I do is because I'm like well have you ever been mistreated for no reason like it, a non justifiable reason most people can probably say at some point yeah if it was for the race I'm like well then to some level and degree you can understand and I also think it's important to understand that as much as we don't like to talk about this is that there are some of us who so happen to be black where we on a personal basis may have not necessarily dealt with a certain amount of oppression or mm-hmm. this or that. Whereas there might be some people who are non-black where maybe you have kind of dealt with something on that level for whatever reason, maybe because of the area you live in, whatever, maybe the people you're around. And that's why I tell people for the sake of general talks, when we make certain generalizations, I understand, but we have to be careful with it. 
because you don't want to make generalizations that will make people feel further away from you Mm -hmm. during times when you need to be more united. I I tell people all the time, like my first, my personal first experience of being mistreated because of the color of my race, funnily enough, actually came from other black individuals Mm -hmm. Um, because the, the area I was in the neighborhood I was in, you know, if, if you like to read, if you spoke a certain way, if you weren't sagging, things like that, they would mistreat you because of it. Mm-hmm. They'll talk to you crazy because they even want to fight you over it. Now, mind you, we can talk about, okay, well, where does that mentality come from? Where does that mindset come from? Because sure, part of it's upbringing, but part of it, there is like, you know, a cultural systematic issue with that as well. But I say that to say that if I decided to take that experience, right? and use it as a justification for like, okay, we'll just screw other black people. Yeah. That, that would be a kind of a hard way for me to live. Right. Mm-hmm. So I tell people that to understand that, like, if you, if you simply look at right, and if you learn to like view things from right and wrong and understand that you're, you are an individual and therefore like certain things you've gone through individually may apply solely to you regardless of your race, that's fine. But just understand that not everybody is like that. Yeah. In, in the sense of, in a perfect world, right? In a perfect world, everybody would judge everyone based upon them as an individual, regardless of their color, their profession, their background. Like, I, it's like I would only judge you as you as an individual, right? And I try to do that. I try to live that way. But I am not naive enough to think that everybody else lives that way. Mm-hmm. I know that, like, okay, I'm black, right? So even though I would hope most people will judge me based upon who I am as an individual, I know that certain actions I do are going to reflect on the black community. I know that because I'm Christian, that mm-hmm. certain things I do are going to reflect on the Christian community. I'm a power lifter. So certain things I do are going to reflect on the powerlifting community. Mm-hmm. So instead of me trying to navigate, okay, well, how can I be the best black person? How can I be the best Christian? How can I be the best power? I look at it as like, I'm going to do my best to just be a good individual. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, I automatically will be a positive reflection of those groups anyway. Yeah, but it's learning to not take things so personally in the sense of there's a lot of white people, right, who may be great individuals, good individuals. So when they hear certain things like, oh, white people do better with this, this and that, they'll take it as a personal attack. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's like, look, if you know that's not you, don't take it so personally. Understand that the grievances is more about. You know, and this comes from where I don't like to generalize, but that grievance is coming more so from like a mentality of like what people feel the white community as a whole is or isn't doing. Yeah. And it's the same thing with like with the police force, right? Um, I by no means believe that all cops are evil, yeah. that all cops are racist. I don't. But the reality is, is what one or a handful of them do is a reflection on all of them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's just, that's the way people view things. Yeah. And, and, and we have to stop, even though, yes, it's about the individual, it's about the individual. You can't keep using, in the same way I'm not going to condemn um, a good cop for what a bad cop does, you can't keep using the fact that, oh, but there's lots of good cops as justifications for when they mess up. Mm-hmm. When a mistake is made, that needs to be owned. That needs to be addressed. Yeah. And there's, there's ways to, one, be very upset. John Stewart had this quote a, a while ago, back when he was doing the Daily Show. Of it is very possible to be upset when a cop dies in the line of duty, and also be very upset when they severely overreach their powers. 
And yes. yeah, those things aren't mutually exclusive. You can have both of those things. And yes. this whole thing could just bring about a, another way to reform law enforcement. Yes. And that that's that's a positive. Um, Absolutely. Because, it, and the old expression is, you know, or the, the argument that we're hearing so often from both sides is a few bad apples. A few da- yes. bad apples. And uh, I, one that... When you use an expression analogy enough, I start hating it. And I hated this one because maybe if there's a lot of bad apples, there's something wrong with the orchid. Ever think of that? Ever look, think look at the higher power here? Maybe we yeah. could reform some things in law enforcement. Maybe four years of criminal justice. Yeah. Two years of military training. I heard that being brought up. I really like that idea. Two years of military training to handle the mental capacity of putting your life and other people's lives at risk. Yes. That would be great. That is yeah. maybe a discussion we can now have because of this. And no, and I, and it was it's another one of these like um, oh I have a it, it could be like the same argument works both ways. Like white people go like well I have a black friend who disagrees with the protesting. Well the other one is like I have many people in my family who are law enforcement and right. no they're not bad people. And no, I'm not going to say law enforcement is an unnecessary tool of society. It is a necessary tool. If you develop yeah, a community, law enforcement is going to be there. Safety is going to be there. And yeah. it's like, and you always, and you're doing a great time explaining the extremes. When there's two sides of an extreme, and there definitely is in this issue, there's definitely yes. people saying some dumbass things about yes. what we should do to police officers, and there's people saying, Dumbass things what we should do to protesters. I heard those loud and clear. They're quite dumbass. The answer always lies in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. It's always there. Yeah. If you're too extreme, just remember that the answer is somewhere in the middle. And, it, and both of the extreme sides always talk about the media of how they cover things. And yeah. it's like, wait, so this extreme side is saying the media is not covering all the times protesters are being violent towards police. And then this side is saying the media is covering up all the times police are being aggressive to protesters. Yeah. You don't see where that yep. could actually be a problem? Do you guys maybe watch different news networks and get news from different information? Um, I've been accused of this recently, watching too much mainstream media. I'm like, oh, joke's on you. I don't watch any news. I don't, I don't, I don't watch. Everything you hear me say is just based on personal observation that I see from other people. I hate watching the news. I hate watching yeah. CNN and Fox News equally. I hate both. Yeah. I don't watch that shit. One, it's boring, and two, they don't give me information that I need. Exactly, because they're only both are only going to show you the information or present the information in a way that fits whatever narrative they are trying to push. And, let, and let's let's be honest about it. Yes, are there certain people where the reason they take certain things to an extreme or skew stats or push a narrative is because they want to incite emotions in people that will make them vote for them absolutely oh yeah but that does not somehow invalidate the fact that there's an issue I, i'm a very big believer in in this next thing i'm about to say when you have a problem you don't fix it by exaggerating it but you also don't fix it by ignoring it. yeah and, and and that's something that annoys me a lot about people when it's like it's like if if we talk about police brutality right and and you know that there's people who may exaggerate What's going on with it? That's awful, yes. But you can't be like, oh, because they're exaggerating it, I'm not going to pay attention to it at all. Mm-hmm. That's that's stupid because now you're just going to the opposite extreme. You're ignoring it completely. And either way, it doesn't get solved. 
and that's something that I try to tell people all the time too, why you have to be careful with some of your rhetoric and stuff like that, because there are a lot of people, and I'm one of these type of people, where if you make a certain statement to me, it sounds very, oh, really, or extreme, I'm going to do some fact-checking on it. I'm going to look at some stuff. Now, the difference between me and some other people is if I see that, okay, so this is happening, or what they're saying is true, and this is with any topic, but just not to the extreme they're saying it, I'm not going to just drop that topic. I'm going to be like, okay, well, I want to see what's going on. But unfortunately, there's a lot of people where if they see any type of lie or twisting of narrative in what you're saying, they'll drop the whole thing completely. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's right, because I feel like if you care about the issue, you should care about the issue. But I am saying that can cause more harm than good. And oftentimes people who are on the right side, I guess you could say, or for the cause, whatever you want to call it, do more harm to it from stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like, okay, like just like, for example, so a simple rhetoric as like, yo, like, yeah, there's, there's cops out here killing black people in the streets, like every single day, just hunting them down. That's a very, very extreme and divisive rhetoric. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta, we have to be careful with stuff like that. To me, that's no different than That's not any better than saying, Oh, there's no cops out here ever killing black people ever. Both are extremes. Both are false. And neither is helping us solve the problem because you're either exaggerating it to a point where people won't take it seriously or you're ignoring it altogether. Yeah. And you see a lot of that, unfortunately. Yeah. So, and, uh, so you brought up a great point with uh, people taking things personally. And this is, this is the thing that I see again with, um, of course, I got to say not all the white community, but people who find the need to find issues with the protest where because they're taking it so personally. You see Black Lives Matter. They take it personally because they're neglecting others. And, you know, I'm going to put up a bunch of leaks about the Black Lives Matter because we all heard the cliche of all lives matter. That's the thing that they always like saying. And it's because they're presented in this context as the villain. Right. And occasionally you got to take a step back and be like, hey, if you're more offended of being called a villain than you are of a black man being choked to death for eight minutes, you might be the villain. It's like, you might be the problem here. It's because, wait, you could just not talk, because I'm white. You could just show support for Black Lives Matter, donate, sign the petitions, help attend protests. You can do all those things. But if you don't want to do any of those things, you'd rather focus on uh the protests and the rioting and the looting and how people should use uh how law enforcement should be more violent or use more force or focus on what the president is tweeting and then retweet that if that's your focus you might be the bad guy in this situation sorry to say it it happens it happens a lot with history and you're a product of your own environment because had the same conversation with me 10 years ago when I was uh, 17 years old attending a high school that I could count on two hands how many African Americans attended there, I might have a different opinion because my environment was dictating my opinion. Now I'm in a completely different environment. My environment is dictating my opinion because I have more knowledge and more experience because of that. It's okay to be it's okay. It's hard to say it's okay to be the bad guy occasionally in history, as long as you learn from what it is to be a bad guy. Um, yeah. That's the entire nation of Germany had to deal with that. That was that's a hard one. You got to think of using another historical oh, yeah. example. 
they had to deal with shit. We were kind of in support of global domination and trying to exterminate a uh, group of people. They had yeah. to come to terms with that, and they have to acknowledge it, and they have to constantly teach it. Yeah. Same thing goes for us. And they don't shy away from it. That's that's the thing I tell people. Because mm-hmm. so first of all, like because this too, once again, extremes. And it's funny how because if you say or believe in one thing, people can assume that oh well, you must believe this is and this mm-hmm. too, right? Like if I if somebody asks me, hey, do you think that there's still racism in America today? Absolutely. And then it's like, do you think there's racial police brutality? Yes, absolutely. Like not even just with black people, but in general, yes, absolutely. And because of that, they'll assume, oh, well, so then you must think like that, that things are just as bad as they've always been. Things have never gotten better. What? Absolutely not. <laughs> I would not be where I'm at today in the position that I'm in, able to be here talking to you right now mm-hmm. if things hadn't gotten better. Yeah. But I kind of tell people, you have to look, the way that I try, and I think the nation as a whole needs to kind of live the way that a decent human being would in the sense of, okay, I'm Rosellis Williams. I am not perfect. I can look at my past and see things that I've, made mistakes on things that I didn't do poorly. I don't ignore it. I don't lie about it. I don't reject it. I own it. And I learn from it and try to do better. Mm-hmm. At the same time, those things do not take away from anything good that I've done and don't take away from anything good that I'm doing now or anything good that I'll do later. Mm-hmm. It's just all encompassing. And we as a nation have to do better with that. Yeah. You, you can't ignore history. You can't ignore slavery. You can't ignore the, the horrible things that have happened in this nation. And that doesn't take away from a lot of the good that we've done. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take away from the good that we're doing now, the progress that we've made. But it's like, I can acknowledge that it's kind of like, it's like with powerlifting. I can acknowledge that, okay, yeah, cool. I don't squat 315 anymore. Now I squat 500 pounds. Cool. But that doesn't mean I still can't get better, right? Yeah. It's the same thing. It's like, it's not to take away from all the progress that's been made. Yeah. Things are definitely better. And that's why I'm not with going to extremes of exaggerations of like, oh, things are no better than what they were 400 years ago. That's ridiculous. But that's not an excuse to not address issues that are still going on that we can keep improving on. We should always want to get better. We should always strive for contaminant growth. That's whether it's you as an individual or you as a part of society, you should always want that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's unfortunate that, like you said, a lot of people get more focused on like, you know, like they almost want to counter things. Right. Cause that's the thing. Like if we're being honest and it's, listen, it's not that the, the message, the idea that all lives matter is wrong. Of course, all lives matter. Yeah. But Black Lives Matter, and I'm not even necessarily talking about the movement or the organization. I'm talking about like just the message, right? Yeah. Black Lives Matter. The whole per- point behind that message is that because all lives matter, but in this specific instance, it's seeming like Black lives aren't being treated equal to everybody else. That is why they're saying Black Lives Matter. Yeah. So when someone says black lives matter and then you respond with no all lives matter it's not that what you're saying is objectively false but all it looks like is a push against the idea that black lives matter mm-hmm. and people need to understand that yeah and, and and that's where a lot of the issues come from yeah and people try to spin the narrative like any way they want because they want to get their point across and i made a post about this I, like i made a post about this Several times, I've been pretty active on Instagram recently, but, you know, Facebook I'm not as uh, active on because I know what exists on Facebook. Um, I know it's going to be a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, older family members, older friends, um, you know, people from my town that I grew up in. And it's just like, it's, if you throw something political on there, it's going to be a way for people to hijack the narrative to talk about whatever the fuck they want to talk about. And this is exactly what happened with mine because it was a one sentence post of 
If you are white, you do not get to tell black people how to protest or act or feel during this time. That should not be your initial reaction. I didn't have that last part. That's all I said to sense. That got 40 comments of the weirdest conversations that I've ever seen in my life, and they weren't even acknowledging what I initially said. I said, in this circumstance, if you see looting, if you see rioting, and you did not comment on anything else, you do not get to tell the black community how they should feel, act, or protest. You do not have the right to tell them to turn the other cheek. Not in this situation, because you don't know how it feels. You really don't. Then the contradiction that comes in when they start justifying, like, hey, if my small businesses get broken into, I'm going to have my 12-gauge shotgun ready. Or if they break into my house and affect any of my kids or harm any of my kids, I'm going to have my 9mm ready. Like, oh, wait, so you do believe in violence in some way, right? Exactly. You do yeah. believe in force in some yeah. way, so they contradict themselves as they speak, but it's like, you just want to tell me these things. You want to push the narrative because... You think I'm calling you a racist, which right. if that's your response to get defensive, you might be a racist. It happens. It happens where people figure out that like, oh man, I think those prejudiced thoughts that I've had that we all have turned into and they spun into racist thoughts where they yeah. really don't have empathy for the victim. And in this situation, they seemingly don't or a lot of people who oppose uh, some of the protesting. Yeah, it's about consistency. Like, because I'll, I'll go so far as to say is, I don't think you should, you have the right to tell anybody how they should protest mm -hmm. because it's protesting. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, 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 and like I said, I, I see a distinction between like protesting, writing, et cetera. You know, I understand the connection between the two. But my thing is kind of like, that's one thing I will say. I'll, I'll at least say this. I'll give, I'll give not so much the people you're talking to this, but there's one thing I've heard that I, that I don't, that I don't agree with, that I that I think is, and, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Okay, so I'm a big believer that, like I said, you can you can care about both, all of it collectively, right? Mm. And if you really are being honest, you can't really look at one thing without the other. Yeah. You can't look at the riots and talk about it unless you're willing to talk about George Floyd, police brutality, etc. And if you're going to talk about George Floyd and police brutality, well, then you're probably eventually going to end up talking about the riots as well, right? Cool. Um. My issue is more so this mentality. So I've, I've seen a lot of people say things like, um, if you care more about uh, the riots or if you care more about, um, you know, the people who are dying in the riots than you do about George Floyd, then there's a problem. And I've seen other people who say, if you care more about George Floyd, who, you know, because like, you know, not that this should matter in terms of the fact that he was killed, like he was killed wrongfully period. But if like, Oh, if you care more about George Floyd, who honestly wasn't all that good of a person, than you do about these innocent people dying in the riots, then you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. I disagree with both of those. And here's why. If we would be honest with ourselves, I don't care what color you are, what your political affiliation is. Most of us care about things that hit, that hit closer to home for us mm -hmm. or that we relate to more. So I'll say this. If you're an individual where you came home and you, or you came to your business and it was being looted or destroyed, right? Or if you're an individual where you lost somebody in the riots, like someone like you love was killed. I think it would be unrealistic for me to expect you to care more about George Floyd than that. Yeah, I really do. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's ridiculous and I'm not going to condemn someone for that. Yeah. Um, if you're somebody where if you're not in an area that was being, riot or looted or whatever maybe you're a black individual and you saw this 
black man killed, right? And that puts this fear in you that, wow, that could be me. Then, yeah, I expect you probably care about that a little bit more than the fact that someone got their business broken into. You can, it's not about what you care about more or less. It's more about, to me, do you care? Yeah. And do you want to find solutions to all of this? Mm-hmm. So I'll say that much because I, 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 I once again think that's once again, it's just unnecessary divisive rhetoric because there's lots of people who care about both. Maybe they care a little bit about more one than the other based upon their experience or whatever. But I feel like, can we focus more about what the connections between the two and talk about that versus making it a, you have to care about this or this. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I, I wish we could do better with that. Um, so I feel like we do a pretty crappy job of that right now. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And I use those examples to kind of show, one, the contradiction, and two, just how you because you feel that way about something you care about, you should have empathy for those people who are angry about this. That's yes, what it should be. Yes. Because yes. it quickly turns in. And, uh, and I do agree with you because this is, this is where I realize I don't get it. Because, I mean – Again, if you talk to me in high school, and depending on how I grew up, you would probably call me an ignorant douchebag, and you would probably be very correct in your assumption of me. And when I got to college, that's where the evolution happened, but still, with my history professors, um, you know, Dr. Thornburg, Dr. Gaddis, definitely not listening to the show right now, but I had I had arguments with them in class that about uh, George Zimmerman and the uh, Ferguson uh, riots that were taking place. And I had actual disagreements of what the protest should be or what, or what's losing sign or what's the narrative is. And they, we, they educated me. They didn't completely change my opinion, but they changed it enough where we had a good conversation about that. And then as I grew out of college, when I started, you know, teaching at different schools, meeting different students, meeting different people, my opinion started to change where recently, recently, this isn't like something I've always had is at 27 years old. I, when this happened, it's like, whoa, I don't get it because when I saw him being murdered, screaming out for his life, you know, my initial reaction is like, God, that's hard to watch, but my blood, but I'm going to be on my blood wasn't boiling. Yeah. You know why? Because if you, but if you said, Hey, that's your brother out there. Hey, that's your sister out there. That's your mom. Yeah. That's your dad. That's your girlfriend. My yes. blood would boil, and I can't honestly say I wouldn't kill a motherfucker if that didn't happen. I yeah, honestly absolutely. can't say that. I can't absolutely. say if I saw a police officer kill. And by the way, I give a lot of credit to George Floyd's brother for saying uh, to not be violent during the situation. Because yes. I, you can quote me in this, would not be that peaceful. And I, I'm telling yeah. you right now, I know my blood is boiling just thinking about the notion of someone I love getting hurt. Yes. And, yeah. th- and, and and that's what a lot of people say. And then it's like, okay, so you have empathy for these people, then, right? You yes. don't ha- you don't understand the plight. You don't understand what's going on. And yes. because my blood wasn't boiling after seeing an African American getting murdered, th- that means that I fully don't understand at that moment. But then when I associate yeah. it with something that I know and love. Then I got angry. Then I understood yeah. the protest a little bit more. Yes. And see, what you did there was perfect, man, because you didn't – that's what more of what we need of. You didn't just look at it from the standpoint of – because I hate when people do this. 
and I'm not knocking it. We can get into this. I kind of want to get into like the solutions people have been doing, the things mm-hmm. we've been doing with social media. If you think it's good, bad, whatever. But you didn't just go like, oh, well, you know, I feel bad because I'm supposed to feel bad. I'll never understand, though, because I'm not black. But here, I'm just going to post this thing to, to be aware and make it seem like I care. No, you took the time to find the similarities. Mm-hmm. You put yourself in his shoes because you, you can't change your race. But you put yourself in the situation of somebody where someone you love or care about or close to or someone you can relate to has just been blatantly wrongfully killed by someone who should be protecting him. Mm-hmm. And that helped you be like, OK, I, I get this more. I can not once again, not I don't think either of us have sat here and justified or made excuses for the riot and the looting. Mm-hmm. But it helps you understand where they're coming from, why a lot of it's happening. And let's be clear, too. I'm not speaking for all of you. Obviously, with any group of people, you're going to have ignorant people. Yeah. Some people are just stealing stuff because they want to steal stuff. Absolutely. Some people are just doing their tearing stuff because they want to. Absolutely. But you cannot, once again, generalize all of them as that. Some people are generally pissed off and angry. Some people are generally outraged at what's going on. And sometimes when you're angry, you're not logical. Mm-hmm. You, you don't do things that may be best long term. Yeah. And, and, and if we look throughout history, there have been times where riots and stuff like that have actually brought about greater good later down the line. And there's been other times where it hasn't. Yeah. But either way, it's about looking at this specific situation, what's happening, what's going on, and, and kind of talking about it from there and then talking about, like, okay, solutions, right? And, and that's that's the thing. Like, that's what we have to kind of get that, – that's what I'm kind of happy about is seeing people talk more about solutions, from, from from all ends. Now, I'll say that I think it's important to look at that from all ends. Mm-hmm. This isn't just a simple situation situation of like, okay, um, let's let's like you know let's just get rid of all racist cops, right? That's 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 very one track minded. That that doesn't do it either. Um, and I don't think it's just a matter of like changing training for police officers. I think that's definitely a part of it. But you, we have to look at everything as a collective whole, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, and I, and I, it is nice to see more of that happening. Cause absolutely. Like, like you said this earlier during the show about, um, like longer training, more in depth training, things like that. Cause at the end of the day, like I said, I'm realistic. I don't expect you there to ever be a perfect police system where there's not a single cop that doesn't make a mistake. But if you can put the standards and the training to such a point to where it's a lot harder for yeah. that to happen, we need to do that. Yeah. I, I think that'll be great. Yeah. And it's funny because with that mindset, it's actually to me almost the opposite of defunding the police. I'm as unpopular as this might be. I'm actually okay with the idea of, Hey, because police do a very dangerous job, right? I think we can all yeah. agree to that. They do a very dangerous job. I'm actually okay with y'all like putting more funding into it. Maybe even increasing their pay. So that way, if you do that, you have the funding you need to make sure you train them the right way. You can go to whatever depths you need to to train these officers the right way so that they are not out here unnecessarily killing the people they're supposed to protect. Yep. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah. But it's funny because there are some people out here like, oh, defund the police, defund the police, not understanding how, in a lot of ways, that hurt. that can hurt us. Well, that can hurt I, the black community. Yeah, well, and, and the interesting thing is people are – People are pushing their own narrative, and this works for both ways. And I think recently, just based on what I've been saying publicly, people think I'm on one side here, and I and I hate how this issue is highly politicized. Where um, I get the weird comments like, "Like, oh, I didn't know you were liberal. I didn't know you were a Democrat. 
I actually had someone block me uh, yesterday because I had to tell them that political parties evolve throughout since the Civil War time till now that the Democrat and Republican Party are completely different. And he wasn't having it because that was, you know, the most the worst thing I could have possibly said, even though he follows my page and I say some pretty outlandish shit a lot um, as a joke. And this was me being serious. And apparently that earned me a block. But so highly politicized where if you say something, if you give ground to the other side, it loses your identity as that person on the right or left side. Because when people are saying, like, man, I didn't know you were a Democrat. I didn't know you were liberal. I'm like, hey, me watching four cops uh, kill a black man does not make me a Democrat. I don't think that's on their political platform. I think that is kind of a shared opinion through many yeah. sane people. Not saying yeah. that I haven't voted Democrat or liberal. I just don't really assign myself, align myself with the political party. Me yeah. saying I don't like seeing violence doesn't make me a conservative or a liberal in this situation. But in this situation, people are trying to push across their agenda. And yes. where it seems like I've been skewed towards one side, I will also take the time and saying, hey, this whole thing is not about you trying to defund the police. This whole thing is not about you trying to make law enforcement non-existent and exactly. encouraging people to raise up their arms against police and possibly cause harm to them. That is your agenda. Your agenda turns into that and no longer Black Lives Matter. If you post more about that as opposed to, and you talk about that as opposed to the murders that were taking place for, you know, an innocent man jogging, a woman dying in her sleep, and a person who was selling a, what was it, uh, it was a counterfeit $20 bill, he was trying to use a counterfeit $20 bill, and that is no longer your focus, I disagree with you, too. You're exactly. trying to push your own narrative across, and I don't want to hear your fucking narrative right now. I don't want to hear exactly. it. And you know what? Exactly. I'm going to go on a limb and say the black community doesn't want to hear your narrative either. Oh, I promise you that's the truth, man. I for, So first of all, me, I took a little time. I'm a common sense independent. Because people don't understand this. With, when it comes, and that's another thing that I was just talking about in my story earlier today. It's like, you know, everyone's talking about, like, oh, go, go, go vote. And that's great, but please, before you do, educate yourself. Yeah. Because I tell people all the time, listen, you may vote locally one way or the other, and then different nationally. And, you, and that's okay, because I tell people all the time, you have to look at the individual you're voting for, what they're saying, and what policies they're pushing for. Because there are people, you can have two Democrats, right, mm-hmm. who don't agree on every policy. You got two Republicans who don't agree on every policy. You can even say that, hey, you know, seven times out of 10, Democrats generally think like are for this policy. That's great. But what if the one time you're voting for them is one of the three times out of 10 where they're not pushing that policy? Mm-hmm. One, I also don't believe in being a one policy voter. I believe in looking at everything collectively. My point is, don't be lazy with your voting. Take the time to look at who you're voting for and what they're about and see if that's going to, if they're going to make the change that you want, right? Mm-hmm. And it, you put it perfectly, man, in terms of, the black community not wanting to hear certain things man like i'm sorry like with me as a black person when i see stuff like screw all white people or i hate i hate that i'm white or kill all the cops defund the police i'm like you don't sit with us you you are not helping our cause at all like if anything you're turning people away from it and you're hijacking it for mm. your crazy extremist beliefs that that does far more harm than good. Like I no, I don't want the police defunded. I I want I want there to be positive changes 
in the police force so that they can do their jobs the way they're supposed mm-hmm. to do the best of their ability. That's what I want. Yeah. But no, the whole defund the police thing is, is, is ridiculous. And, and then you have these extremes too of everybody. Everybody's judging everybody for how they're trying to help. Right. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, they post the black square, like, you know, on blackout Tuesday, they post that. And it's like, Oh, you're just being part of the bandwagon. That's not changing or fixing anything. Or it's like, well, no, because if enough people are seeing that and someone who maybe is not tuned in is like, oh, why is everyone posting like this? And then they go and ask one of their friends, hey, what's up with this? Why did you post this? And that creates a dialogue and discussion that makes that person go and look into it more. That's a win. Mm-hmm. You've got some people where maybe they don't post on social media at all. And you want to be like, oh, you're being silent. You're not saying anything. You don't know if that person's out here donating in the background. And then yeah. at that point, you could argue, well, what's more beneficial for this person? Because not everyone has the following that you or I do, right? Or that, you know, some of our, our big name influencer friends have. So I can make the argument that someone who has like 200 followers taking time out of their day to donate actual money and sign petitions mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I can make the argument that that's probably more beneficial than them talking to their 150 or 200 followers about, hey, I don't agree with this. You know yeah. what I mean? So I wish instead of being so critical of each other and how people are trying to help, we would just take the time to be appreciative that people are trying to help yeah that are they're having the discussion that they're being united but once again and that is a danger i'll say this yeah i said you don't want to get to the habit where your outrage is so extreme to where you're not just attacking others indiscriminately you're actually attacking yourself in your own cause mm-hmm. people have to be very careful with that yeah. um because that often tends to be the problem unfortunately and, and and there's reasons behind that too sometimes people have been so hurt to where that's just the point they're at right yeah um, so you got to be understanding of that as well. But it, that's why I tell people to put more of an emphasis on like, you know, simple things, man. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Treat people with love and respect. And and because, and, you know, like we and you probably even taken college course of this, you know, people talk about like unconscious biases and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry. We all have those. Oh, yeah. That's that's not just white people. We all have those. If, if I see someone in the streets. Right. Or on social media. Based upon my upbringing, my experiences, and people that I've interacted with who may look or act like them or whatever, when I first see or hear someone talk, I'm going to have certain assumptions about them. Mm-hmm. That's human. And, and I think when people go to this, I think of, we got to get rid of all unconscious biases. Good luck with that. Yeah. You're basically saying, stop being human. It's more so about learning how to discern those things and how to navigate those things and not be so quick to act on those things. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it comes. We got to get, you know, do more of that. And, and that's the thing I've been seeing a whole lot of people talk about, um, what other people need to do to make the problem better. Yeah. I haven't seen a whole lot of people talking about what they need to do with themselves to make things better. Yeah. And, and I think that's unfortunate. And once again, I'm not just talking about why I'm talking about everyone across the board. Yeah. Cause like I said, the issue is multifaceted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, and yeah, with the uh, what, what, what was the the bias? What was that? What was the term you used? Uh, confirmation bias, or or the the another the predetermined bias you have towards another race. Was that uh? Oh, unconscious bias. Yeah, unconscious, unconscious bias. Where it, I mean, really, it's just prejudice. Where it's prejudice, and yeah. and it's people and then like it's like when you try to reach something that's like an unattainable goal, it's like you're actually might be causing a harm because a lot of times yes. those prejudices that people have makes a culture unique, and it yeah. kind of adds to a culture because I could yeah. tell as I could tell you as an Italian man, um, and as different races and ethnicities, you know that does make 
what their cult that does actually bring light to their culture. Um, as long as yes. it's not harmful, um, that's when racist thoughts come in. But yeah. you and then we could just segue right to you know the powerlifting community because Two White Lights is yeah. a powerlifting podcast, um, and a lot of our stuff is dictated on social media. But we could start with Blackout Tuesday. Um, so uh, I, I posted this on my story um, right before Blackout Tuesday, or actually, no, on the day because um, a podcast I listened to, part of my take, great sports podcast. Arian Foster was on it, and great guy to speak about, you know, racial inequality. Very out-of-the-box thinker, uh, isn't afraid to hurt his brand by speaking out against, you know, racial inequality and a bunch of those issues. But he talked about just, you know, social media and how I have been making fun of social media recently because, you know, I could post something as a social experiment. You could post something very simple about Black Lives Matter and it would just be hijacked by a bunch of other people who want to change the narrative. And I've said it on the show before. But at the same time, you know, he he preached those small victories, those battles that you can't win. And that Blackout Tuesday thing, I was looking at it. I'm like, okay. And I had to think about posting that that thing because I'm like, all right, are, am I sure that we're doing the right thing? I had to research it because a lot of those times, you know, cause it's the uh, social media, people could be trolling. People could know how to fuck with the algorithm and make sure voices aren't heard. So I'm like, okay, so I read up on it. Good idea. I like it. It's just, you know, you post a black box on your store or on your post and then, Fill your story up with only things that relate to Black Lives Matter or to the current situation that's going on. Right. And I'm like, this makes sense. This is actually a good idea. And people are. And this is where I had discourse was on that day. I'm like, all right, I think we developed something. Even the arguments that I've had. And there was a lot of arguments I get into because um, I'm a, you seem to be a little bit more uh, – you're better at how you get your message across where I could come, somehow seem as uh, condescending and uh, pompous and i agree that does happen to me a lot in my in my lifetime where you know if i see someone post on their story you guys think this is going to make a change posting a black box you're a fucking idiot like okay hey man we didn't want to see your chest routine today your chest routine could wait and i messaged that like how is this causing more divide posting a black box yeah than than posting your squat video for that day like, exactly. really? You're really going to make that argument? No. The argument you want to make, I'm an egomaniac. I need to be different from everyone else. I have to be the most interesting person in the room. So, therefore, I'm not going to do this because I'm just a shitty narcissist. Yeah. That's uh, – and, and, and then and that's the thing. We're, we're having that discourse. I'm like, you know, yeah. maybe – and then that person takes that story down. I'm like, hey, I think that's a small victory in my book. A small win. Absolutely. I might have been a dick. Might have been a dick in the process, but small yeah. victory. Yeah, different different methods to get the same result, right? Yeah. And, and I tell people though, I'm like, listen, if you didn't post the blackout square that day or whatever, right? Yeah. But you've been talking and discussing and doing all this, you're not a bad person for not participating in it. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling people that you have to do. There was a post that I posted on my story. It pretty much talked about like there's different lanes, right? You don't have to be in all of them. My thing is simply, you don't have to be in all of them. My thing simply is, don't judge people for being in a different lane than you are, mm-hmm. or for trying to do approach the issue in a different way than you are just be happy that you have people trying to approach and talk about the issue that's 
that's to me what's 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 really really sad and then and then like i said if we would be honest to me this is one of the coolest things about it right even though yes there are issues in this nation yes there is racism to me man all of the social media stuff all the protests across all states to me the coolest thing about it is in, in a weird way a lot of people when you bring it up they get mad because they feel like they're trying to set us back no this shows how far we've come yeah Look at all these people mm-hmm. of different backgrounds, conservatives, Democrats, blacks, whites, Asians, Latinos, independents, everything in between, right? United talking about this. There was a time where you couldn't get that because people didn't care. Yeah. So to me, not that it takes away from the work we still need to do, but it shows really how far we've come. And it's just, it's about perspective. It's funny how people think if you talk about this stuff, it shows you, you're setting us back. You're getting people only focused on race. Like, no, man, the fact that so many people want to talk about this shows how far we've actually come as a nation mm-hmm. because enough people care, even if it doesn't involve them directly. Yeah. I think that's a beautiful thing. Oh, yeah. And, and and I think it's sad that people, once again, get caught up in a lot of the negativity and criticizing this and that and the third, blah, blah, blah. Um, but what I want to kind of do is I want to, and I haven't decided how I want to approach this yet. I'm going to do it just on my stories. I've been doing a lot of my talking my story on YouTube. But I want to kind of talk about almost like what's next. Like what do we do next, right? Because, you know, voting's part of it, absolutely. Um, and then, you know, trying to have things change with like police regulations, like absolutely. But there's still things that need to be even done like on our end, right? Yeah. Like even, like even, even the black community, I tell people all the time, I'm like, okay, look, listen. And people, and then this is where, once again, people like to go to extremes. They're going to take me saying this as, and, and I've had this happen before. What I'm about to say, people will have been like, oh, you're cooning, you're a traitor, whatever. But I like to have the conversations of, okay, what can we do better on our, in our communities? Because while the laws are being changed, the legislation's changed, and they're trying to do police reform, that's great. But what can we do to maybe see a quicker change on our end? Yeah. Because reality is this, man. It's like, okay. And that's why like, I'm a very big stats and facts guy. It's like, okay. So the whole thing about like, you know, how much lethal force is used on minorities versus um, like white people, right? Yeah. In actuality, there's not a whole, there's not a big difference between lethal force used on on minorities versus um, white people. There is a big difference in aggressive force used against us though. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, okay, well, why is that? Why has that happened? Well, sometimes is it just maybe overt racism? Could it be that cops will have to be a racist or incompetent? Sure, absolutely. But a lot of it's the fact that, okay, we know that there's a strong connection between poverty and then crime. Mm-hmm. Poor areas tend to have more crime. So police officers are going to have to be in those areas more. Now, as part of that, like, you know, systematic in the sense of a lot of areas that are predominantly black are poor because of things that have to do with slavery, single parent households and things like that. Absolutely. But it gets to a point where I'm like, okay, well, I can't go back in time and change that. And it's not like that. And, and now some legislation, we can change things like, you know, like the property tax and stuff like that, right? But some something that I say we can do on our end is like, okay, for example, if, if, if anyone ever grew up in an area where it's like, hey, no snitching, right? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. There's people in my community and you're selling drugs. You're doing illegal activity. You're doing things that I know are going to require law enforcement to have to be here more often then I don't want you in my community yeah. because you're, you're not helping the community. And if we can shift things to where we're quicker to report that to where the law enforcement can come in and clean that out and we can develop a better relationship with law enforcement in that way, that helps. And, and we've seen this done. We've seen this in certain areas that were poor, not as good that have changed and, and gotten better. But that's something that we can do better on our end. Yeah. People who are maybe 
afraid to live in certain areas because like, oh, that's not a great area. Okay, well, then why don't you put money into that area? Maybe move into it and try to get more of your friends who are of, of wealth and affluence to move into it to help build up those areas. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why I tell people, man, I'm, I'm not sitting here trying to put everything on just white people yeah. or put everything on just cops. What can we all do collectively yeah. to, 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 to be a part of, of the process? You know what I mean? And, and I think that's one thing that, that I'll admit I, that I think is kind of a problem. I think not for all, because once it gets extreme, but there is a lot of people who I think want to put everything just on individuals. Like I hear all the time, like, well, if black people weren't so lazy, uh, they would be fine. They would be better. And I'm like, okay, you're not looking into account that, it, and I, and, you follow me. So you are, no, I'm big on personal responsibility. Yeah. I'm big on individual choice. Absolutely. But you're a fool if you don't think that how you're raised and the environment in which you're raised does not play a role in some of the choices you will make. It all works together. Yeah. So it's for anyone to just say, well, black people are just lazy. That's ridiculous. Because I guarantee you, if you put a white person, and we see it, there's white people that are important. That's why it'd be in poor communities, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of the decision choices they make end up being very similar to the decision choices that a lot of poor black people make. So my thing is even fighting more against poverty and trying to help these impoverished areas also helps fight against racial inequality as well mm-hmm. and systematic things as well. That's why I tell people sometimes it's not just looking at things from the concept of just race. It's looking at, okay, what other parts of the system and culture play into what's happening too. Yeah. And that is one thing I tell people. You don't get too focused on just one aspect of the problem. It's not just cops. There's other things that can be fixed as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I have said to other people, uh, including people you know, just within the white community, like, hey, have you ever thought about having just the black community figure out things for themselves and have that discourse between each other so they can figure out how to reach a certain goal? Because I think what happens, it, there's too many other opinions from people with not in, within that community trying to help them when it's like, hey, maybe you should just let them be and see what they can do with their own, when they're at their own devices, because they know what's best for them. Like what you said, other African Americans can disagree with it, but let let you guys have that conversation. You know what I mean? Let let you have that conversation within your own community and see what progress you can make from there. Uh, I think yeah. there's just too many uh, people putting their opinions in there that probably aren't warranted. Um, and also another point you made with, you know, the the notions that people have of. You know why certain areas are impoverished. Why certain areas are in poverty? Um, tell this to a lot of my family members. Um, it's hard to get this to them, but again, I I have the power of history by my side. If you look at anyone who immigrated from Europe to America, chances are they were going to chances are they were going to be poor in a poor area. They were going to have not as many opportunities. They don't know the language. They are pro- There's probably some prejudice against them, probably some racist thoughts against those Europeans coming in. I myself have an Italian descent. In those times, they lived in poor areas, and guess what they did? They committed crimes to get ahead. They committed crimes to get what a part of the American dream was. More money, more stability. That's what they did, and once they kind of got that money, they moved away from those those inner cities. Of course, what they don't, what they fail to realize is the African American community is different because they were here 
hundreds and hundreds of years before the European community was, where they got through the same some of the same struggles of staying within that same community, but they didn't have the stigma of being African American, where, okay, you might not be part of the American culture, but at least you look like us. At least you don't have this history of trying to get civil rights, of trying to get the right to vote, of trying to... Uh, of trying to just exist as a human being, not as a slave. There wasn't a massive war fought over you. There's no, there, there's no empathy on some of their parts where they do struggle with the same things. And um, also, I've been saying this recently. This could get me in trouble. Which I mean, some of the I could say one word in this whole thing, and then people would still like unsubscribe and stop listening to our lights, which I don't really care at this point. But you mentioned uh, just what it's like they don't understand what it's like for a person how hard they have to work if they are in a poor area and how much harder they have to work for you know than a person who's in upper middle class or middle class so recently a lot of people in the middle class upper middle class have been scared that their business might be broken into that their uh, livelihoods could be at jeopardy that their kids could be unsafe that their families could be unsafe that people might break into their house they could just be walking, minding their own business, and they can get in the exchange of a crossfire through none of their none of their faults, just being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Right. That's been happening for around four days now. Sounds like they really are getting a first taste of what it's like living in a really impoverished area if you are a minority. Yeah. Sounds like that's the struggle that everyone has to go through on a daily basis. All those things that I mentioned, people breaking into your business, crime, being at the wrong place at the wrong time. I hate to say it. People hate when you use that word. That's a white privilege. Don't really understand how that feels. Can't understand how it feels. Now we kind of do, and we're scared shitless by it. And it's just like, maybe, again... You got some empathy there. You got some yeah. understanding of what's happening. And if people don't want to use a term like white privilege, I'm like, okay, well, let's just talk about privilege then, right? Yeah. Because this is how I this is why I try to tell people. Once again, general like it, it's all about understanding the context in which a word is used, right? This is what I tell people. Look, if you because people act like this doesn't exist, but they do it both things. If if you're if you're a black person, right, where you grew up in a two parent household in a nice neighborhood, um, everyone around you treating you well, stuff like that, right? Then you may not necessarily understand um, what it's like to live in a, in, in, you know, in an area of low income or poverty, right? Yeah. Whereas, if you're a white kid, where you know, grew up in a single parent household in a poor area, then you can probably relate to some black individuals more than what that black kid who grew up in a nice area with with two parents can relate to, right? Mm-hmm. On some level. And, and that's why I try to tell people, it's like, look, when people talk about like, when, as far as I understand, anyway, when a lot of people say white privilege, they don't, are not saying that white people don't have a hard life. Yeah. And they are not saying that every white person has the same privileges. They're simply saying that more often than not, some of the hardships you probably, that you're going through probably didn't have to do with the color of your skin. Yeah. Right. And, and, and we can make the argument that in some cases, maybe there's a scenario where being black is actually advantageous, right? Maybe there's certain scholarships that I can get that you aren't able to get, right? Mm-hmm. 
And maybe if you're that white kid where you actually need a scholarship because your parents couldn't afford to put you through whatever, then we can talk about all that. I get that. Yeah. But the point is that I'm trying to get at with, with what you're saying is that at the end of the day, it comes down to, like you said, empathy, understanding one another. And this is, that's one thing I wish people could do. It's like acknowledging race and race is a factor of things that we go through in society. Doesn't mean that's the only thing you have to look at. That's taking it to an extreme. That's why I tell people, like, listen, there's, I'll put it this way. I, I know I have a lot, I know lots of individuals who try to be black, right? Where we have very little in common other than the fact that we are both black. Mm-hmm. I know some other individuals who are non-black, where we have almost everything in common other than the fact that I'm black and maybe they're not. So there's lots of ways you can connect to and relate with people, right? And I tell this all the time, man. At the end of the day, like even uh, struggles and perception, I say, at the end of the day, no one ever, and this isn't a popular opinion, but this is what I believe. I don't believe anyone can ever truly understand anybody else's struggle, ever. Mm-hmm. I really, really don't. Because I can go through something, right? And you can go through something. And we can feel completely different about it. Even if you were black. Like, like me and a black individual can go through the exact same thing, have similar upbringings, make, even, like, make different choices, or maybe it feel very, very um, different about that thing. But what's important is that we try to, right? And I feel like what happens with race is it's a little bit easier. It's a little bit easier. It's probably a little bit easier for me to understand um, some individuals who might feel like, man, I might get killed because of the color of my skin. It's probably a little bit easier for me to understand than maybe what it is for you, right? Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean you don't try to understand it at all. And and that's what I wish people would, would try to get closer to is, is you don't ignore the differences. You have to acknowledge them, but don't let that be the make or break for you. Mm-hmm. Don't let don't let that make feel like you're limited in what you can do to help or provide aid. And and, and like you said, sometimes it's 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 very context dependent. Like what you, I like what you said about how you know, hey, even though this thing you're saying is true, it's probably going to be better if I, as a black man, say it than if you say it. Right? Mm-hmm. That's the truth, man. And that and, and and that's where personal responsibility comes into it. Because yeah, I I know because I've seen it and I've experienced it. Even if you say something, man, that is objectively true, that would objectively help the black community, a lot of black people don't want to hear you say it. Yeah. They just don't. Yeah. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right because I'm very much a big believer in information is either valid or is not regardless of where it's coming from. But if I know that and I recognize that, that him, what he's saying is true and would actually help my community, but they don't want to listen to him, then at that point, it is my personal responsibility to, okay, well, then I need to say this. Yeah. And that's where the personal responsibility factor comes into mm-hmm. it, right? And I think that's another thing where people are divided, where people have to be for one thing or the other. It's either, oh, no, it's all in the system, and the system has to do everything, or, oh, no, it's all in us as individuals, we have to do everything. Bro, a system is made up of individuals. So it's it's pretty much both, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 I, and I just wish, I wish people would be able to better recognize that, because I... And, and that's what's been so interesting about this, man. This this whole situation has shown me more and more. Um, it's weird. It's shown me in a lot of ways how much race plays a huge role in things. But it's also shown me in a lot of ways how much race doesn't always influence the way people think at all. Because, man, I've talked to some individuals, who non-black individuals, who are very passionate and want to do what they can to change things and make things better. And I've talked to some black individuals, bro, who, who do not care. Yeah. They are not tripping over any of this because mm-hmm. they're like, hey, my life is good. I'm chilling. I, I'm like, like, hey, 
I'm, I'm just saying this is a quote. Like, I don't know if I'm allowed. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on your podcast. So but you can say whatever you want. <laughs> okay, bro. I've literally had conversations with somebody who he's where he's like, "Hey, niggas die every day, B. What's mm. that got to do with me?" Yeah, and that's and that's crazy to me. But I think it was also enlightening though, because I think a lot of people don't think about that. I think a lot of people are very quick to think that, hey white people don't really care and we have to educate all of them and get them to care when there's in actuality a lot of white individuals where this isn't the first time they've looked into this mm-hmm. they have known and they have care and there's a lot of black individuals where they don't give a damn yeah and that's why i tell people at the end of the day you gotta acknowledge race you gotta acknowledge all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day yeah it really does come down to values ideals ideology character having civil discourse having discussion and that is the reason why i'm very careful with my rhetoric that is the reason why I try my best when I talk about this stuff to not take anything that can be used as overly divisive or attacking anybody else. Now, I'm, I'm fully aware that no matter what I do or say, someone's always going to try to twist anything I say for whatever reason, right? Like 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 on my story this today when I said, hey, um, you know, if you think that every Democrat in the Democratic Party is for you as a black person, that's naive. Mm-hmm. You think that a Republican or a Republican Party is for you? That's not even like you have to look at the individuals, right? Yeah. And somehow people took that whole thing, and some of them took it as me saying like, "Oh, you're saying I'm wrong for voting Republican, or saying I'm wrong for voting Democrat." No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't just vote for someone because of the party they're with. Actually, take the time to look at who they are and what they're saying, right? So I know that no matter what, people are going to twist and manipulate things. But I think that's important for us, um, especially those of us like with the following and stuff like that to like take the time to look at what we're trying to say and think, okay, what is the best way I can say this to get the result I want? Mm-hmm. Cause I don't want just an emotional response. I want to get a response that's going to actually lead to action that is beneficial. Yeah. And, and, and I think, I think that's something that everybody, everyone, every race that we can all do a better job of. Sometimes yeah. we get so caught up on what we want and just saying things in whatever type of way. We don't think about, Hey, okay. Did the way I work that actually, help my cause? Did it actually bring more people in unity or did I just do something that's going to have a whole bunch of people arguing and missing the whole point of what I want? Mm-hmm. I think that's important too. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, yeah, leaving those things up to discourse is such an important thing that, because you have to still make, because the whole goal is still to progress things in the black community and how that's going to ease tensions with the black community and the white community. Because it's it's going to be an uphill battle because we're going to be six feet under and then some. Our kids are probably six feet under and racism still is going to be a problem. It's just going to happen. Sure. And it's but like there always can be progress and reform, and that's what that's what I think social media so far has been a positive. Now I have mentioned the negatives of it, but so far it has been a uh, it has been a positive. But Absolutely. shifting gears because this has come up this is a discussion kind of in the past like day or so with powerlifting so do you think you know the the, the bigger names in powerlifting powerlifters have done enough for the cause not enough we already talked about blackout tuesday and you know the the what has gone on there but how about just as a general looking past you know what happened on tuesday and then what continues to happen yeah um, it's hard to say because, you know, there's different people in the Protestant community and mm-hmm. some of the ones that I follow, you may follow or may not follow. I would say most, for the most part, I would say, I think I've seen a lot of good, mm-hmm. whether it's somebody posting a list of donations, stuff, 
whether it's somebody um, just resharing updates with the trials, whatever, or whether it's people who have taken the time to like really speak on it, like whether yeah. it's like how I've done it, whether they talk about things on the story, whatever it be. I would say as a whole, I'm very, very happy with the response that I've seen in, in the powerlifting community. Mm-hmm. Now, that isn't to say that I'm surprised at some people who I thought would speak out or say something who haven't, but I try not to be too judgmental from the standpoint of, for all I know, they could be doing more stuff in the background that I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the only thing, and it, it, it sucks because it's kind of like a double standard, but it's just kind of the way it is. If you, like I said, have a small following, right? Or you're not an influencer, you're just a power in the community, but you're not necessarily an influencer. You'll probably get away with the with the argument of, oh, I haven't said anything publicly, but I've been doing A, B, and C in the background, right? Yeah. And most people would probably be like, okay, cool. But man, if you have any type of decent following and you you we know you use it, you talk about things, you speak on things, but you have not spoken on this at all, even if you are doing A, B, and C in the background, a lot of people are gonna flame you for that. Yeah. Because it's like you have such a big platform. And even if you're doing A, B, and C, think about the amount of good you could potentially do by just talking about this a little bit. Yeah. And I, I, I will say that even though for the most part, I think it's it's I think a lot of people have done their best to speak up. Some people I feel kind of bad for because I think they tried to speak up, but maybe they didn't word things so perfectly. You had a bunch of people try to come at them. And I've done my best to try to check some of that, being like, hey, yo, chill out. Let's just be mm-hmm. happy. Look, their intention was right. They're they're learning. It's okay, right? But yeah. Um, some people, I, like I said, I am surprised at, I guess, like just certain people that have a certain following who haven't said anything. Now I'm proud of some people who have taken the time to, their intent was right, but they also wanted to make sure they worded it right. I've had several people reach out to me, but Hey man, can you read over this for me? I want to make sure that even though I know somebody will probably get upset or take it wrong, that I'm for the most part wording things as best as I can. And I've been very appreciative of that. So for the most part, I would say, yeah, mm-hmm. I think so. But once again, that's based upon the people that I'm following and stuff like that. I will say in terms of, in terms of like some of the federations, uh, a lot of that's been kind of lazy. It's kind of almost, a lot of it's looked more like, okay, hey, look, we said something cool. Leave us alone. Mm-hmm. I, I, I do kind of feel that way with some of the federation stuff. Yeah. And that, that has been the interesting thing because it's, People are going to comment, judge, and do all those things. But, you know, I, I'm i very opinionated regardless. Um, I go on, I mean, I've went on rants, like, for 45 seconds about sports on my thing. Like, so I am opinionated. So if there's something out there, I'm always going to say what I feel and, you know, really give an authentic view. It's not going to be a just a, a, ho- a watered-down, you know, message. I'm always going to – the first thing that comes to my mind, that's actually kind of like a flaw of mine too. It's like first thing that comes to mind, I'm going to post it. Then I hate I hate having to delete my stories so I don't do it because I'm like, that means I lost. So I don't want to delete my stories. <laughs> yes, like, then, then I'm yeah. backtracking and I hate being a backtracker. If I said something, I'm going to stick with it. But yeah. I uh, – but recently, you know, I've been getting DMs and messages – and I could, you know, post the trolls on my story all I want. So much of it has been positive, and there's been words said to me that I have never thought I would be, you know, that would I I would hear in powerlifting, just in yeah. my thing. Like, you know, people are like, "Hey, thanks for speaking out against, uh, you know, speaking against this, uh, being in support of Black Lives Matter." It's like, 
this yeah. like you you really showed a lot of courage um commenting this on this person's post and i'm like really this yeah. i'm like courage brave i'm like i didn't think that those the, like i really think that this is natural you shouldn't this isn't a courage or bravery thing it's something that you're speaking out but i'm like okay i have to come to a realization that i have a following that i reach yes. a lot of people that yes and that that i actually have kind of sway with how people think and they're just happy that i've done it because i'll bring up this because i've been talking a lot of, like a little bit too much recently but you know i do call out people i do call out people for being silent and that is if i know that person and if i think that the message they're sending is wrong so recently yeah. you know i've a gym that I once belonged to has been posting a lot of right-wing things, constant right-wing posting through COVID-19 and then progressing into the protest, Black Lives Matter protest. But I've heard none of it from, I heard no critiques or awareness being raised for, you know, I, for George Floyd, for Breonna Taylor, for any of the people who would have been wrong. It's like, okay, I think that if you're going to be political and send that message to to people, you have to bring that up. And I called someone out for not bringing it up. And I didn't say it in a way that was insulting. But right. once I did it, so many, you know, people of color, persons of color who belong to that gym and know that person have now progressed that and then showed more support for me speaking out against that because they said, hey, and this might be just a humble brag, but like, we don't have the following that you do. And you're more popular in the state of Illinois as far as fitness and powerlifting goes. Yeah. So when you said something, we felt a need to say something too. Because we've all been thinking it. We've all left the gym. We've all been posting things about how much you dislike him. We just haven't said anything, how much you dislike the rhetoric that he's sending. He hasn't even said anything about the gym itself or personally. And like that's the reason why it was good that you did that. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, I really didn't think that – didn't think twice about it, but now I know – what happens when you have a following and people people yeah. actually follow what you say and do as opposed to just you know looking at your page for lifting videos it's it has yeah. progressed to a point and yeah i was i was very surprised of just like the amount of support and people thanking me because that's something i'm not used to um in powerlifting is people thanking me for being a kind of an activist even though i don't consider myself much of a career activist i just feel passionately yeah. about things yeah, no, there's, there's exactly, and that's what that's how I've always been too. There's, but it's interesting how something that just kind of comes natural to you because I've always been, as I especially as I got older and got more confident in doing so, been big on kind of expressing my thoughts on different things. Because my thing is, one, I want to have discussions. Two, if if out of however many thousand people view something, if I get just one person to think about what I'm saying, that is a win to me. Mm -hmm. So to me, the bigger the following, the kind of more of that responsibility is there. Now I'll say this. If you're somebody where I've noticed with any type of issue that comes up, you've never really said much of anything. I'm not quite as quick to judge those people. And the reason being is because maybe there's somebody where they just are quiet about their books up, period. Yeah. No matter what. Because because let's let's you, we can make the argument of, oh, but this is such a big thing. Yeah. So they should speak on this. I'm like, well, yeah, but so is like, okay, so is uh so is world hunger and this and yeah. this and that. So if you consistently never speak about anything. I don't really have an issue if I haven't, because I almost don't expect them to, right? But if you're someone where I know you're opinionated, I know you speak on different topics, you t you, you'll talk about this, 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 that, and that, because like, oh, this is right, this is wrong. But you can't speak on something as simple as 
yo, what these officers did was disgusting. That's kind of weird to me. And yeah. mind you, I think I think some people have this weird perception where if they speak against what happened to George Floyd, it also by default means that they support what everyone else has done in response to it. That's not the case yeah. at all. You can definitely not be with the rioting or whatever and still be like, yo, what happened to George Floyd was disgusting. These officers need to be punished to the full extent of the law. And you can leave it at that. Yeah. Like, you, you can leave it as like, yo, I will always stand up for my fellow man regardless of what color they are. Like, like there's so many ways you can word it where no one can twist it and try to make it seem like you're supporting some random thing. But it's like, that's what's weird to me. If, if I know you're someone where you're usually vocal but even quiet about this, I'm not going to even so much, like, because I'm not with tapping people or council culture, but it does make me want to have a discussion with them. Be like, hey, man, where, where's your head at right mm-hmm. now? What are you thinking? Yeah. And, and maybe get some understanding. I, I do wish we wouldn't be so quick to cap people sometimes and to take the time to maybe try to talk to them first. And then that way you can really decide if you want to, like, cancel them or not. But, yeah, yeah I, I do I, I do think it's important for those of us to have a following, though, to realize that, you know, especially because, me, like I said, my, my stuff's all about health, fitness, and social well-being, right? Well, man, what's more social well-being than something like this? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I I think it's important that that we that we speak out if we if we know we have a following to where that what we say is gonna gonna reach people. Yeah, absolutely. And that was I and I think oh, one, some of the issues that come in are the people one not understanding what platform that they have. And the example I just brought up, a person's running a business in Illinois mm-hmm. of of powerlifting and fitness and bodybuilding, where. Mm-hmm you're going to have a lot of clientele from different walks of life. You're going to have clientele from different ethnicities and backgrounds. And they felt neglected. They wanted to speak out about it because of that. And they felt like they couldn't. And it was just, a, it was a tone deaf situation of what was going on. Um, and then the way, like there was, and then also what happens is responses to criticism. When yeah, I say, Hey, I would like to hear you speak up about the injustices faced by African-Americans. And the response is, you're part of the problem, you're only causing division, or you're a sheep, you only follow mainstream media. It's like, well, now the minority people who belong to your team are really going to dislike you because you just dismissed me. And exactly. and it's like it's a tone-deaf situation because you don't know what you have. You have a business with a lot yes. of different people in it. But then we look at influencers or people who are big in you know, powerlifting and the powerlifting community where I think some of them, and what I've seen mostly has been People have done what they can, and then people who are not politically active have done what they can. Just like, okay, here's a post, here's some petitions, here's some things, but I'm not politically active. Like, you know, with the yeah. Iran and U.S. situation, I, I wasn't going to talk a whole lot about that. People were too busy making memes. It's like you don't need to right. talk about everything. Like, if there, if we talk about every injustice in the world, we would never stop. We would be political we activists, not powerlifters. It would be a political yeah. thing. So yeah. with, with all that, it's – the problem is when I see people like, okay, they're trying to protect their brand. Like there's a yeah. brand that they're trying to protect. They say something, then they backtrack like, oh God, I shouldn't have said that. Now I'm going to lose followers. And then they, then they go back on what they said to appease their other following. It's like, I think I really fucked up there. I don't think I should have said anything. And yeah. yeah. Um, hold on. I'm going to pause it really quick. Yeah. So with... I, I think they're looking to protect the brand. I think Steffi Cohen recently kind of a little bit of fire for this. She posted yeah, something, she, all lives matter. And then realized, yeah. ah, shit, I shouldn't have done that. Then did the blackout Tuesday. Then like, I kind of backtracked that, but it's like, yeah. all right, well, 
obviously what he's saying isn't 100% genuine. But then when you get to the Federation thing, that's where, because the recent the recent one was USPA, and I, I'm not gonna say and make accusations like oh they're racist, but you have to know what you have. You have to know that you have a business. They have people yeah. who are affected by this, and they would just like to see you do change. They would like to see you make change because you have the power to do so. You can yeah. promote that. You have a big following. You can do it on yeah. social media. You can do it in the public. USPA and in, in Illinois are going to support this protest, or we're, yeah. like you, you could do those things. And right now, because they're so silent, that's the issue. I will say though, in USPA Illinois, um, Sergio Luna, who's the chair, has done many things to raise awareness for this, but yeah. he's not the you know the higher up in USPA. Right. So it's right. It's and I understand what people are saying with the outrage with that it's like you do have a business that you're neglecting people in all honesty i think they accidentally roger goodell themselves where they didn't speak out on something and now they're just going to do a whole ton of reactionary stuff like very similar to when uh when ray rice uh, was on video you know uh, beating his wife and they suspended it from two games. Everyone is outraged. Then they're like, okay, now this whole season is going to be a campaign against domestic violence because we dropped yeah. the ball. And I think that might happen soon with the USPA. And that that's something I will say is I think we, I think people have to be fair and like, and that's why I tell people I don't, if I know you, right? If I know you or whatever, and I choose to talk to you about, hey, man, why have you said this or speak on this? That's one thing. I'm not doing that to random people or even business or companies because what I have found is somebody will randomly call a company out, right? Mm-hmm. And, and 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 for all you know, maybe they were about to say something. Who knows? But like, maybe they, let's say they put the argument they were. And because they've been called out, now they are going to say something. But at that point, two things happen. One, they might rush and say the wrong thing because they haven't taken time to think about it. It's like, oh, we got to respond to this. And then two, most people aren't going to take what they're saying as genuine anyway because they're going to be like, oh, well, you only said this because you were called out, right? So that's why for some of these people, I think, listen, if you're going to say anything, make sure it's genuine. Mm-hmm. And if you know it's not, just stay silent. Yeah. Like as bad as that may look, I think staying silent looks a lot better than not looking genuine. Yeah. So I, yeah. I will say that, like, because <laughs> there's been a lot that go, like you said, you brought up, you know, Steffi Cohen and stuff like that. And, I, and you know. I, I I by no means think that Steffi is a racist. Um, I by no means think that she is against Black Lives Matter or anything like that. But once again, she runs a business, she has a brand, and you know that. And that's not even a, a, a race thing. That's just kind of more like a a human thing. Some people yeah. just they want to protect their brand, their whatever. Me, I'm kind of like I'm fortunate enough to where I've been able to kind of build myself up while still being myself, being transparent, talking about whatever, however I want to. I'm a very kind of straightforward, what you see is what you get kind of person anyway. And I'm kind of like, this is my personal opinion though. Even if I, like with business and coaches stuff like that, if, if, especially with the way I have discussed it and how I've articulated things, if, if people, if anyone, I don't think anyone has, if anyone's unfollowed me because of that, I don't want you following me anyway. Mm -hmm. Why would I want a follower who has an issue with me talking about, hey, I want us to stand united against injustice. Right is right, wrong is wrong. Why would you possibly have an issue with that? Yeah. Why would you possibly have an issue with me being like, hey, yo, there's people hurting in the black community. And since the black community is a part of the whole community of America, you should care about that. Well, if that bothers
bothers you, I don't care to have you following me anyway. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a very simple message. It really, and initially what I said was, I don't like racism. That's really, if you yeah. want if you want to boil it down to its core, it's like, I don't like racism. Um, yes. I haven't, I, and I, I'm going to say right now, but I'm, I haven't said anything about politics. I haven't said anything about Donald Trump. I am not a big fan of Donald Trump, especially in this situation. I think he's handled many things poorly. And that's like three losses to subscribers right there and possibly another follower. But that's my, that's my opinion. But I haven't said any of that on my page. I'm not really talking that much about it. I'm primarily talking about, I don't like racism. And sometimes people are focusing on the wrong things and reflecting because they're heading up their racism. Yes. Like that's I, that's what I've been saying and that's what I feel passionately about but like the root of it is I don't like I don't, I don't like racism. That's I don't yeah. like people being unfairly targeted because of their race. Like I think that's that's a pretty universal but if that is losing followers and because I'm speaking up against this and I'm called courageous I'm like that's the that's the environment we're in right now and it's not a good one yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. That's and it's wild it's wild that a lot of people think that way because I'm like, ultimately, like, listen, hating racism just means that you hate hate and ignorance. Yeah. Because my thing is, I don't care what form it takes. If someone mistreats you because of the color of your skin, I will I will check that immediately. Yeah. If someone mistreats you because of uh, your religious beliefs, I will check them on that. I don't care what it is. It's just that, and this is one thing I hate. I hate when people are like, oh, but, you know, there's lots of issues going on in the world like well yeah but we're talking about this one specifically that would like be if, like and i think we talked about this before if i'm talking about something that's to raise awareness for cancer patients yeah and you're like oh but you know there's all kinds of patients people have aids diabetes blah blah i'm not taken away from that and if you show me something to support that i will but i'm talking about cancer patients right now yeah so it's like yeah i any type of hate or ignorance i'm not with but right now yeah we are talking about racism yeah like so, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy the mental gymnastics people do with some of this stuff. That's, that's what blew my mind the most about this whole situation, man. Like I said, this to me was one of the most straightforward, clear, obvious cases of, okay, this was wrong. We're all going to be united. And yet all this extra stuff has come about. And yeah, I get it. Some of that's due to the media. Some of that's due to people with their extremes and pushing narratives. But I'm like, okay, it's 2020. When are we going to get smart enough to realize that you can't let the extreme speak for everybody? You can't get overly caught up in just what the media is presenting. Like, when are we going to get better at that? Yeah. And I think that's, it, yeah, it's a pretty, how, how long have we been having the same conversation? It's a pretty long yeah. time. And we talk about how the much the media sucks. Like, all right, well, yeah. how about you guys just realize that and stop talking about it and actually just become united on something. And yeah, and it did seem, because I think, when Friday we talked, both of us felt very passionately about it, but it, I, the reason why we're talking now is because there is more division than w what we anticipated. Now, I personally think there has been some really great strides. Um, my girlfriend has visited, you know, protests. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to get to – I'm so afraid of uh, the coronavirus still. So I, I that's the reason why I haven't been attending uh, some of these protests, but it's like everyone is really cool. The police are very productive. Everyone there is sharing yeah. stories. We're in we're enlightening people on some of, you know, what the black community is preaching or something they had no idea about. Same thing. My brother lives in uh, Wrigleyville, which, you know, right outside of Wrigley Field. 
going to be a lot of protesters. It's a city, so it's going to be a whole different environment. He's telling me it's like the police officers have been really cool. They thank yeah. us. They thank us for for uh, peacefully protesting. Thankfully, we're doing what we need to do. It's like everything's been great. It's like we've gave yeah. water to the people. I'm like, okay, I'm like yeah, that's. Then you know you would have a person being like. I hate how police officers are being credited for doing the bare minimum. It's like, hey, that's a win. Shut up. Take the wins. Take the take the W. Take the Ws. I don't care they're doing the bare minimum, and they're not doing the bare minimum. Like they're not. Just shut up. Like that's they're doing their job. That is yes. the goal. The goal is for them to do do their job do their effectively. Job. Yes. Like it's not for them yeah. to become superheroes. It's not for yeah. them to become you know the next Malcolm X. It's yes. for them to just do their jobs and work with the African-American community. And, yeah. like, what they don't think, like, oh, you're creating division right there. You might think you're on the other side, but no, you're creating division by division. saying that. Yes, because it's like, it's like okay, for every, for every clip that I've seen of, like, oh, look, these officers are being really aggressive at this protest, I see other clips of officers being really cool. And I think we people forget that, too. Listen, whether they're black cops, white cops, whatever, police officers are still people. Yeah. People are assholes. Yep. There you go. Yeah. Not all. A lot of people are good. Some are assholes. And I get it. When a cop's an asshole, it's a little bit more dangerous than when just your average unarmed citizen is an asshole. Absolutely. But my thing is, once again, when we're trying to talk about this, provide solutions, be realistic. Don't be unnecessarily divisive. And that's a perfect example, like what you just laid out. It's like, it's like if I show a cop doing something good, right? Or if I show like um, a black, like a black individual, it's like one of my clients went to a protest in Houston, right? And on his story, he was like, you know, he's, talk, he's showing himself talking and engaging with the police officers. And that's a good, beautiful thing. And then you have people want to respond to stuff like that and be like, like, oh, they're only on their best behavior because of A, B, and C. Or, um, oh, this doesn't take away what those officers did. Bro, it's not, listen, these officers had nothing to do with what those officers did. Mm-hmm. They're just doing a good job. And we're happy to see a black citizen and a white officer talking and communicating and understanding one another because that's part of how we fix the problem it's like it's okay to be outraged but when you get so outraged to where you don't even want to try to provide a solution you then become a part of the problem yeah they don't want to hear that yeah and yeah that's that's the worst thing you could tell them if you're just like if the worst thing if the worst thing you call a racist a racist you could tell a person who thinks they're doing good is like you're actually creating more division and they get really pissed and offended about that it's like it, it is it does fly both ways so yeah and uh it yeah it's uh it, it is frustrating to see that and like we we're, we're hoping that you know if you see a video of a cop aggressively acting uh violent towards another protester hopefully they are dealt with um the issue yeah. is occasionally with the and this is some this could also bring another dialogue is the problem with the police force is they really look out for each other like that's what they're taught to look for like to really look out for each other and to come to the assistance of your officer and then say if you don't do that you could put you could be put on the the fucking the the wall for that like that's if you don't look out if you snitch if you read on someone in the police department the relationships not gonna be good between you and the rest of the officers so that's and that's again that's something that you can discuss bring light yeah. to and see if there could be any change but absolutely like my my client darren he's a black man he's also an officer and he put a really great post out there and, he, and in that post he talked about you know how he's like you know as he's like i was black before i was an officer i'm black right now as i'm an officer and i'm going to be black when i retire from the force he said 
he said it might surprise y'all to believe that a lot of the people who give me the, like the most shit on my job are other black individuals. But he didn't do that to be like, oh, look, black people suck. He did that to talk about, look, this is what the current environment is mm-hmm. for a lot of us. And I want to figure out why and explain it. And he talked about all these different things, like the importance of, hey, don't discourage minorities from going into law enforcement. That's a good thing. Help make change from within. He said, and even if you don't want to do it yourself, don't discourage others from doing it. But then he also talked about, like, hey, and us as officers, we have to check one another. He said, as much outrage as there is in, in the black communities, he said, no one should be more outraged at a bad cop than a good cop. Yeah. And, 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 my, and my, my, fa- my father-in-law, who's also a police officer and also a black man, exact same thing and i feel like it has been cool to see more of that too seeing all these videos going viral of officers talking about how disgusting what that was happening this and that and i think we are steep i feel like as crazy as 2020 has been i feel like and really it could go one way or another right but i feel like with this specific instance i feel like we are really seeing a lot of seeds that have already been planted that are finally starting to sprout as well as new seeds that are going to grow into the process we need for actual change mm-hmm. because you are seeing so much of that for all the companies that aren't saying anything or are doing this and that extremists like so you're seeing a lot of unity you're seeing a lot of big name companies come out and speak out on things you're seeing a lot of officers come out and speak out on things you're seeing conservatives and democrats across the board talk about different things mm-hmm. like and it's to me that's 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 what's exciting about it yeah and, and, and it's almost like, yo, we need this, man, because this this was stressful. Yeah. <laughs> this was very stressful. Yeah, and it, it is good to, you know, maybe close out on an optimi- optimistic note because there's so much pessimism. And for a good reason, really. There's, I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic. But there, if even if there's only one or two reasons to be optimistic, let's focus on that. Because I think we said a lot where this could be there, – there is a potential for reform. Um, it's a much more difficult – battle because it's more of an invisible enemy as opposed to something that's it's very difficult to because the civil rights movement had its a clear goal you know let's desegregate schools let's have african-americans be able to vote uh properly and a lot of it was within law the judicial system this one is how can we really get people to be aware that prejudice or racism does exist and yeah. that they are being and they will be treated unfairly. How can you change that? And there are some things you can do, but it's a very it's it's a such a weird uphill battle. But we have you have done a great job explaining that there's reasons to be optimistic. Uh, you have people working together, uh, Democrats and conservatives. Um, you know, I, I actually saw on Fox News occasionally there has been all of them speaking the same, like they should get the full extent of the law. It's like, whoa, people on Fox News are just kind of covering the news. That's crazy. Like that's, that's, that's huge right there. Then guys like Drew Brees go on and say some dumb shit to ruin everything. But you know, it, it happens. Uh, um, so, uh, is, is there any, like, um, you may be petition, uh, charitable work or, you know, awareness pages you want to plug? Yeah. Um, so I, I, let me actually like, I can pull this up real quick. So I have all the names. Cause, cause I, I I'm aware that like, uh, certain people are aware or stuff like that. But, um, a few that I think are great is, um, the education trust, uh, big, big brother, big sister of America, 
the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, mm-hmm. my brother's Keeper Alliance, uh, Black Girls Code, After School Alliance, Common Ground Foundations, things like that, I feel um, are things that no matter what your political affiliation is or whatever, you can be very confident knowing that you're donating to something that's going to help make a change. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so uh, yeah, keep those in mind, guys. I will post once this uh, episode drops. I will post, you know, a link that you could swipe up on. Um, I got, I've seen a really, really great resource where it has petitions, where it has uh, just information, and I'm not going to uh, explain all of them because I haven't got through reading all of them because there's so many of them. Um, the petitions are, are pretty easy to navigate through, but the information that are listed on there, um, I'm doing my. My, re- my current research right now, but I'll put that on my story, and I'll probably put the link in the bio as well when we post. Also, big shout-out to some of the powerlifters in the community who have been doing some really good things. Shout-out to Matt Cronin and uh, Pug the Goat. They've both done some really cool things and used what they, can, what they are good at, coaching and powerlifting, use that and possibly put the money to somewhere that uh, it's going to be useful. Yeah. No, for sure. And two former guests of Two White Lights. So there you go. And again, uh, thank you for coming on the show for the second time. You are the only guest to come on the show twice in the span of a week. That is <laughs> that's that's a record. You should uh, you should cherish that. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll wear that badge with honor, man. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, and this this episode is uh, possibly one of our most important ones. Also, um, coming Monday. Me and Marcellus talk about powerlifting. We talk about fitness, and we have a really good conversation there. So um, be on the lookout for that. Uh, and that's, yeah, just going to drop Monday. So, again, Marcellus, thank you for coming on. Absolutely, man. Pleasure as always. All right. See you all Monday. Peace.